Good evening, and welcome once again to yet another episode of Gil and Roscoe's Bodacious Horror Podcast. I, as ever, am Widow Twanky, and I'm joined once again by my dear friend and most bodacious of manservants, Buttons. Buttons, how the devil are you? Why did I get to be Buttons? You <laughs> dick. You're a bloke in a dress. <laughs> bloke in a dress. That's art imitating life, my friend. <laughs> I'm pretty good. You're very good, are you? You're sounding rough. <laughs> I've had a very rock and roll week. Have you been drinking? A wee bit. A wee bit. I drank oh, quite dear. a lot last night. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. There was one point where I didn't have to play any guitar for like a minute and a half, and I jokingly pointed at the bar and then mm-hmm. made like a drinking thing. Uh-huh. And then somebody came up and gave me like two thirds of a bottle of wine. One of your thousands of fans. Yep. And the bottle of wine was empty by the end of the song. Oh my goodness. There we go. Oh wow. It was a fun night. It was a good gig, and we've got another one tomorrow night, so. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't make it to the gig. It's really upset about that yeah you were in tears weren't you I can I can hear how gutted you are you missed the gig oh what would my life be like if I didn't have supportive people like you about oh no that's it that's it no I was I was very busy doing some last minute Christmas shopping and uh, trying to to please everyone all the time Uh, did you get yourself a wee treat as well I always get myself a wee treat, absolutely. And I always get you a wee treat, so I don't know what you're complaining about. Did you buy yourself some Spanx? Some Spanx? Do you think I need to wear Spanx? Maybe. A little bit. Just for tightening and toning. I've got a plus three posterior, I'll have you know. <laughs> what does that mean? Does it stick out? <laughs> a bit of the Iggy Azalea about you. Oh dear, break the internet, my friends, break the internet. <laughs> yes. Um <laughs> Those... been keeping trying to keep to do that champagne cork trick, but it's uh, it's no no happening. <laughs> it's not working. Those Kardashian pictures made me want to break my own internet. <laughs> I don't understand what use they are to anybody. I don't so what have you been up to this week? Well, I've been a rocking and a rolling, <laughs> apart oh. from Christmas shopping. Apart from Christmas shopping, not a great deal, my friend. Not a great deal. Been uh, laying low, um, doing a bit of uh, hibernating, I have to say. Um, trying to, trying to, as I say, finish up Christmas shopping, working as ever. Um, and I don't think if there's been anything really particularly interesting I've been up to. No, I think I think I've been kind of a bit dull, unfortunately. <laughs> Were you... this, this is this is why I don't get invited to uh, awesome parties like you do. Um... <laughs> Were you... 
And plus the fact that I wouldn't turn up anyway. That's true. <laughs> That's kind of how it works. Were you not uh, like special? So an, an agoraphobe gets more priority in the, <laughs> in the party pecking order than I do. Were you not a special guest on the NFW commentary podcast? No, I wasn't, but you were. I was. That was awesome. How was that? It was fun. We did Gremlins. Uh-huh. We just... So is it, tell me what NFW stands for. No fucking way. No effing way. <laughs> I'm not telling you. <laughs> so you did Gremlins, which is a very Christmassy movie, of course. Yep, with uh, huh? Newtie and Willis and Jake the Snake. Not Jake not, the Snake? Not that Jake the Snake. Oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> that was, uh-huh. Oh, imagine if you'd woken up in the morning and gone... I missed the chance to be on a podcast with Jake the Snake. I'd be gutted. Yeah. Uh, I would just be shouting, my God, DDT, DDT. <laughs> my God, my God, DDT, DDT. And then you would buy yourself a snake uh-huh. and you would leave it in someone else's house. <laughs> Never return to take proper care of it. <laughs> oh, dear. Could leave it in your house and it could uh, take care of the rats. I don't have rats in my house. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, they're mice. They're mice. I, I had a mouse once in my house. It was adorable. Did you? Yeah, a wee mouse. A, door, a dormouse? Yeah, and I, I caught it in a, a little humane trap and then took it oh. to the canal where it could go and, <laughs> and drowned it. Put <laughs> <laughs> it in a humane trap just so that I could see it die. <laughs> yeah, put it in a hamster ball and threw it in the Clyde <laughs> just watched the water go in those little slits really really slowly oh my goodness <laughs> no of course I didn't do that I released it into the wild, into the wild. Yeah. right okay and it was really cute but yeah uh-huh. uh, you know how I usually haven't watched anything uh huh <laughs> I've watched quite a bit this week there we go. You usually have watched lots of things. Not recently. You know, recently my list has been pretty short. It's, oh, there we go. It's been we Back in the zone. It's winter. Yep. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and also uh-huh. I had to keep looking at progress bars of videos that were rendering. So I needed something to entertain me. Very cool. So I, I watched the first three Batman films. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Or oh, did you see uh, Michael Keaton? Um, his his comment on uh, Ben Affleck and uh, Christian Bale. No. Christian Bale has said that he felt jealous to see Ben Affleck in the the cape and cowl. Yep. Um, and when a reporter asked them. You know, Michael Keaton, how do you feel about that? Do you ever feel jealous uh, when you see somebody else in the cape and kill? And he goes, uh, no. I'm, because, I'm Batman. Because I'm Batman. <laughs> awesome. So that's that. And I thought that was, that was amazing. And he says, I'm quite secure in that. And I was like, oh, man, that is amazing. <laughs> Go on yourself. That is a really good answer, Michael Keaton. So. <laughs> you know, his, so. his name's not actually Michael Keaton. Really? His real name is Michael Douglas. Oh, why didn't he just use that? 
There we go. He could have made his court appearances and everything for him. <laughs> but yeah, he changed his name because of Diane Keaton, because he's a big fan of her. So that's why he picked Keaton's his new celebrity name. Ah, there we go. Do you fancy Birdman? Uh, I do. It's almost good, doesn't it? It does. And I'm actually, I'm really gutted that I won't get to see the interview. Oh, I know, my goodness. Because it does, it did look entertaining. There's like, it's just an absolute nonsense, to be quite honest, the whole thing. Um, it handily brings us round to a subject that we were probably going to talk about anyway. And what's that? Sony. Uh-huh. Okay, so yeah, so we'll start with it. Start with the interview first, and then we can yep. move on to that. Um, so yeah, the, the the news this week has been kind of filled with. It's actually uh, this morning, or, or was it yesterday morning, Thursday? Yeah, uh, Thursday the eighteenth of December, two thousand and fourteen. Um, <laughs> Just in case anyone, yeah, from the people, future. people do listen from the future. What the hell? I know. I just find it bizarre to think that, like... You're bizarre! See, in 50 years' time... Uh-huh. We'll be sitting somewhere, and somebody might still be listening to these episodes. A herbaceous their podcast? Yes! There we go. There you go, that one's for the fans. Um, <laughs> so... Both of them. Both of them. Hi, Mum. Hi, Dad. Um... So yeah, so the eighteenth Thursday, the eighteenth of December, um, Sony announced that they were going to be pulling uh, the Seth Rogen film, um, the interview, which concerns uh, two journalists who travel to North Korea uh, to conduct an interview, and it focuses on, I believe, a plot to for one of those journal- journalists with that access carry out an assassination attempt on Kim Jong-un. Sorry, did I say Kim Jong-il or Kim, Kim Jong-un? Kim Jong-un. Ah, it's Kim Jong-un. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's that's the central plot. And Sony had received numerous threats regarding it. And then obviously there was the leak um, a few weeks ago where five uh Kind of future future blockbuster, very expensive films uh, were leaked uh, online along with a lot of confidential emails, confidential information was just dumped online um, and people have been kind of picking through it and getting lots of wee, uh, kind of tidbits from that and, and the media has picked up on a lot of those little stories um, and it's caused great embarrassment to Sony. But at the centre of that, there was also a... Terrorist threat as well. To... Terrorist threats regarding anyone, uh, any cinema that was screening the interview, uh, that there would be that there would be a resolute response, um, and it would be that they used the phrase resolute response. It was also quite clear that they were talking about a violent response yeah. as well. So this was a group called calling themselves Guardians of Peace. Yep. Um, the GOP. The duel, well, there we go, yep. Um, but they were basically, the, the, there were suggestions that it was from North Korea and that the activity had come from North Korea and they, the reason they could kind of trace it back to North Korea was the methods they were using to uh, to do those things and the, the, the I think it was via somewhere like Costa Rica or something like that they were going, um, which is a, 
apparently a uniquely uh, uniquely in common uh, method of uh, covering your tracks online in North Korea. I don't know how true that is, but that's certainly uh, what, I, what I was hearing. Yep. Um, and then Paramount have had to step in and say, uh, we don't want anyone, instead of screening the interview, to be screening uh, Team, Team America. Team America. <laughs> yeah, because I know that some... Was it a Texas, uh, a Texas cinema had actually done that? They had put Team America on as a replacement for that um, because that obviously features uh, Kim Jong Il, uh, yep, as, as a puppet singing "I'm Ronry." Yep, so, that's an incredibly well, funny film. It's a very funny film, um, but again, it's. I mean, for for me, I can understand why cinemas like so the Regal Cinema chain completely pulled out, and they are the like the equivalent of Odeon in the UK. Um, a few others pulled out as well, and it got to the point where basically nobody was going to be screening it. Sony, rather than you know pushing people and saying, "Well, if you don't screen this, then you won't get." like the new Spider-Man film or whatever property it was that they had coming out next. Um, They've just gone and pulled a film, the film yeah, instead. They, understandably, I mean, you can kind of almost understand their position because that terrorist threat was there. Um, you can understand the, the, the thinking a little bit and saying, and not saying to cinemas, you must uh, put this out and you must release it. But at the same time, it sets a really, really dangerous precedent in terms of, um, in terms of, uh, you know, offering terrorists and, and groups, religious groups, or whether that's countries or you know other other uh, interests, um, being able to put pressure on major, you know, major groups to 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 withdraw. Uh, pieces of art, but it and also it, it legitimizes those groups as well. It does. That's... It definitely does. It definitely does. And I mean, the example. Uh, I mean, an example would be uh, Four Lions. Um, if you you think about Four Lions, the Chris Morris film. Yep. I mean, that's that could be construed as being extremely offensive to Islam. Um, but it's not though. That's the thing. I mean, they had uh, he had people working with him on that film to make sure that nothing yeah. could be seen as offensive and but that's all well and good girl if you've seen the film ah uh-huh. we've not seen the interview we haven't seen the interview and the thing is this film has been bought, has been withdrawn without people seeing it four lines could have equally been been pulled prior to release yeah correct uh i well i i think that they'd They'd concentrated enough on that during all the the, the lead up to Four Lions being released. But that's a that's a that you're you're missing the point. It's what I'm saying is that, that if you're setting that precedent, that you can have religious groups or you can have national groups or or interests putting pressure on a film to get it withdrawn, then that could easily happen to a film like Four Lions without it getting to the without it ever getting to the stage. Of because people wouldn't touch it, people would say, "Well," and it could ultimately impact on films like that that are saying something quite interesting ever being made. Because people mm. will say, "Well, okay, okay, you're gonna you're gonna engage with certain groups, and okay, you're gonna do that and do that," but 
at the same time, if it seems like it could be offensive from that side, maybe they would have taken a risk. Are people going to be less willing, less likely to take a risk now? Absolutely. Well, they, because, they will now because of this film. That's uh... that's what I'm saying. Is that if it, if Sony can take a hat of twenty seven million twenty seven million pounds on this film, um, I I don't know how many more hits of twenty seven million pounds the 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 industry could really sustain. Um, I'm sure it could sustain a lot, by the way, but I'm just saying that it will make them far more cautious about touching, so you know, going and doing films that are, are that bit more uh, controversial. Yeah, because they've said that they've uh, scrapped all plans for VOD and home media mm-hmm. releases as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I think what they should do is they should just stick it online. They should just put it out there for free. Mm-hmm. I think that's the the only... I've I actually posted a thing that was kind of tongue in cheek, but at the same time, it's 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 true. If they stick it up for free online for mm-hmm. anybody that wants to download it to get a hold of it and a PayPal address, I'll mm-hmm. send them a couple of quid. Because mm-hmm. sure. it's, it's not even like that really really annoying phrase, you know, we will not negotiate with terrorists or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. it is just the Sony's actions as far as as far as I'm concerned although they come from a good place at the same time they're they're not good actions you know just, uh-huh. if somebody wants to be psychotic enough that they will attack that industry in any sort of actual attack then mm-hmm. they'll find an excuse to do that anyway you know, if there's people that are willing to to go that far, you're you're not actually preventing anything by by just saying fine, you win, because uh-huh. that will actually make them think they've got more of a point, not less of one. Yep. So yeah, it's a silly move by Sony. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and obviously Sony at the moment are. Uh, aggressively pursuing Netflix um, or certainly making rumblings around Netflix and their uh, apparent tolerance of uh, the people VPN who, are, use. who are using VPNs to access uh, access the US version of Netflix or the Canadian version of Netflix or whichever version it is that you, you want to utilise. Um, so again, the, the, the background to that is that the UK Netflix um, obviously holds a fraction of the content that the US Netflix has, and obviously the and the subscription charges um, actually is more actually, expensive. It's actually more in the UK than it is in the US, despite the fact that you're getting much much more content for the same price. Um, so UK subscribers can. Who are paying customers, uh, and a lot a lot of people do this. Um, use VPNs or uh, DNS settings to basically trick their uh, console into believing that they're elsewhere in the world, and thus enabling them to get access to a whole range of other content. Now, Sony, um, they've been very uh, you know, PlayStation was one of the first to kind of come down on it, where the the you know the Netflix stopped 
you know, you could you couldn't use the US Netflix on PlayStation for a while. Um, that's not the case now. I'm reliably informed. <laughs> um, but it certainly was the case for a while. Um, but yeah, so Sony are basically making rumblings that Netflix should really be coming down on on users and and trying to stop uh, what they call illegal illegal subscribers uh, from using a comment using using content from other regions. Gil, what, what's your view on that? Uh, I I think the 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 fact that we still have territories mm-hmm. is. That's the thing that's holding it all back. And I, mm-hmm. I think that Netflix would probably prefer if territories didn't exist because then they could just have one store of content sure. everybody could access. But that's not going to be allowed because obviously the, the big movie theatres are very concerned about keeping these different territories separate and films get released at different times in different places. Yep. And one of the places where... It's not as easy to to get online and watch stuff as India, and mm-hmm. a lot more people still go to the cinema in India. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason why they different areas react differently to different types of media. So they want Fair to they want to keep them all separate so that they can sure. you know capitalize on yeah. on them one at a time instead of having your worldwide Just- release. Absolutely. So your your varying licensing arrangements yep. that are in place um, for each territory, and that's and that's handy for things like the advertising because it means uh-huh. that if a film comes out here two weeks after it comes out in the states, then the the main stars of that film can they can do their like interviews and stuff and. The states and then they get brought over here for the time that the film's coming out, yeah. and that I can see how they would they would like that because it it would probably help to advertise things a bit better. But mm-hmm. region coding on discs and different areas for Netflix and stuff like this it's just mm-hmm. it's it's out of date, and that's that's why people are looking for ways around it. Well, I mean, look at, um, I mean, if you were to buy a Blu-ray or a DVD today from the States, it's going to be incompatible with your machine, so you need to find ways around about it. However, the the it's the most basic thing in the world to get around. It's not even illegal to do it. Most, uh, most DVD players that you buy now can be easily unlocked. Yes. Um, so I mean, the, it's even the most the most standard and basic Blu-ray DVD player can be very easily unlocked, and you know the manufacturers have put have put that in place. Um, so I mean, to me, it, it's just such an outdated model. Um, if I mean, if I buy a region region one DVD, um, it's I mean that that's me. I've, I've bought the product, mm. so for for me, I mean, it's if if a if it was deterring me from, it's actually encouraging me to rather than buy a, a region one DVD that's only been relieved and released in region one or uh, is it region A for Blu-ray? Um, like where? Because because why would why would it be simple? Why would you want it to be simple by having the same regions for Blu-ray and DVD? I know. I, um, I really want to buy where, and uh-huh. it's not available in no. in a region region free DVD or region uh-huh. two. It's only in region one at the moment. Uh huh. 
and it might never come out over mm-hmm. here because look at how long it took to even come out on DVD in the States. Uh-huh, well, that's right, that's right. And, I mean, it's the kind of thing where you'd recommended well to me and somebody else had recommended well to me and a third person had recommended well to me um, and all of those people had seen it, you know, had seen it through illegitimate means. Um, well, not always, that... it's on Amazon Prime as well, so you can use a VPN. And you can uh-huh. st- still go and use Amazon Prime oh, yeah, yeah, and stuff absolutely. like that. But, absolutely. but you just can't buy that physical thing. Uh-huh, and that, sure. that is just idiotic these days. Well, it is. doesn't happen with music. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen with any other art form. It only happens no. with movies. Mm-hmm. But again, like if, if something's only in Region 3 then rather than actually buying the product and putting money into the hands of the director, you just download it. I'm not saying that we do, but I'm just saying that that is that is the response. You go, well, if, if that's the case, if it's so much hassle for me to do that, then why, why would I? Why not just get it? Why not just download it? Well, that's the problem, is it all works on supply and demand. Uh-huh. And for something like Netflix... Or uh-huh. even if Sony wanted to set up their own streaming service where they could have every single film that they own for a, a set price. Batman? That, that really, that's really easy to, Can I mean? to access Batman? from anywhere in the world. Absolutely. And people Good. would do that. But because that isn't available, then some people do go online and use torrent sites and will download a film that they would have actually watched on a streaming service if it was there. Absolutely. It's, Absolutely. it's not... A willingness to to break the law. <laughs> it's oh. it's just it's a supply and demand issue. Absolutely. If you make it available, people will pay for it, and that's uh, as long as the content's there, then people will pay for it. And if the if if people aren't if you're not happy with the content that's available on Netflix, um, if if you can go are, elsewhere. <laughs> Well, that's it. But I mean, if Sony aren't happy with that, then withdraw from Netflix completely and do your own thing. You know, the amount of money that they'll be getting from Netflix will be significant, so they wouldn't do that. So they really need to be looking at um, looking at that and trying to, you know, buck up their ideas. Basically, as far as I'm concerned, um, and I think they'll not be their leaf alone. I think a lot of the studios will be at the same mindset. Yeah. Um. But again, that's as you say, it's supply and demand, and to, to me, it's insane that we do get these. Um, you do get films that are out of print that you can't get anywhere. And today's, you know, you can't download them. You can't buy them in in any physical media. But they are, they do <laughs> exist as they do exist. as a video file online. Oh, somewhere, yeah. But the, you you can't necessarily buy them through. To, to download, you can't necessarily buy them in DVD Blu-ray. Um, to me, that's just nuts, and it's uh, it's content that could be that could be utilised. And and when it comes to TV shows, put the episodes mm-hmm. up on iTunes worldwide the next day, because mm-hmm. a lot of TV shows for downloading are region locked on iTunes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I really wanted to see. Blackfish and I had to wait ages to see Blackfish because even oh. though it was available on iTunes, I couldn't buy it because I wasn't in the States. Mm-hmm. And that that was a film that wasn't really getting a theatrical release over here or anything. So they weren't actually 
hurting anybody's potential profits by making it available online at the same time for everywhere. Sure. It was just... Because that's the sort of stuff they they think they need to do. But, yeah. but how many people would be using the legitimate means if they were as simple? I mean, the fact is, if a bunch of people that live in their houses can develop programs and websites where they can make brand new content from Sony available online within an hour mm-hmm. of it having been on TV or mm-hmm. released on DVD or anything. That means that Sony would be able to do that really, really easily. Mm-hmm. So why don't they? If they want to defeat the pirates, <laughs> then realize that the pirates are doing something that they could be the organizers of. Yep. And instead of it being them complaining about oh all the advertising money on these websites could be funding terrorists. No, they could be funding your next film, you idiots. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So there it is. Have your Amazon links for people to go and buy the physical products as well if you want. And they can do that thing where Sony becomes like a an Amazon partner. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that everybody that's directed to buy a third party DVD through their website would still earn them money off that sale. Yeah. No, so there, there it is. That's the, that's the world set to rights. Yeah, does it? So, I, I should be running Sony. Hi, Chris. Um, yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> so that was a little fourth wall break there. Um, anyway, guys. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got films to talk about. We do have films to talk about. Yeah, I mean, Chris, I didn't even do my list. That took forever. It was like <laughs> half an hour. Okay, I'll, I'll so just let's, quickly let's say hear your last. No, no, Kingpin. Right. No, we're not starting doing this where you just list things. <laughs> Kingpin. You need, you need to film. speak. Of, no, stop it. We need. You need to. You need to speak. Uh, well, I watched Kingpin. <laughs> uh-huh. What was it like? It's great. Who's in it? Uh, Woody Harrelson and uh, Randy Quaid, and I can't remember what the lady was called. That's and enough. Murray. That's enough detail, Derek. It's the bowling um, film. Right, okay. Move on. Uh, Eagle versus Shark, which oh, uh-huh. made by the, the guy that that made What We Do in the Shadows. It's mm-hmm. a very entertaining film. It's on the Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it, though? It is. It's on the US right. Netflix. <laughs> uh, I finally, for the first time ever, watched Good Will Hunting. We should be practicing our American accents <laughs> like Karen Gillan. Gee, Roscoe, I was watching that uh, Good Will Hunting. I, I thought it was all right. I mean, I, I'd never seen the film before, and some of the bits was good, some weren't so good. Then it ended. It was all right. There we go. I like it. I like it, my friend. I like it. So, yes, what else have we seen? Uh, the Ward. The Ward? Oh, is that, was that scary? I liked it. You probably jump a couple of times in. Oh, I, I like a I like a good jump scare. Well, it's John, you know it's John Carpenter. Oh, all right, okay. I thought that was rubbish. Is it not? Uh, I don't mind it. I mean, it's it's not up there where, with his early. Where is that available? It's on the Netflix. <laughs> oh, that's a pity. Yep. I also it's... watched the first ever episode of Cheers. Making your way in the world today. Takes everything you got. 
Having a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? (laughs) There we go. So, yes. Pretty much uh, that. There was a few other things, Uh but I'm not going to bother with them. (laughs) Because we've been talking forever. We have been talking forever. I was... I went to... The the most exciting thing I went to see was... um, I went to see uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, at the GFT? At the GFT, yes. And you didn't tell me or invite me or anything. It was lovely. It was a very, very nice evening um, with my uh, friend. (laughs) Not with Um, me. So, yes. Not with you. dick. (laughs) I missed a bus because of It's a Wonderful Life. Did you? Yeah, I was in the city centre and I was shopping. I was standing at the the bus stop waiting to come home outside this uh, big hotel mm-hmm. that has a bar where it would appear that they're just showing It's a Wonderful Life on a loop all over Christmas. Oh, wow. And I was standing just watching It's a Wonderful Life and it was the bit where he's running down the street and everything and then... I looked along the road and I realised my bus had just left. <laughs> Clarence. That George. Uh-huh. So yeah, that was excellent. That was really good. That's a uh, lovely film. Yeah, absolutely. And Lionel Barrymore um, from Christmas Car was in it. That was great. So yes. So was that, good, that good was it for your week then? Aye, that was it. Not really much doing, man. Just a, a wee quiet one and lots of uh, fun, fun things. Oh, yeah. Yes. Getting old before your time. I was expecting you to say, oh, it's a bit chilly. The nights are fair drawing in. Oh! <laughs> like, a, like my granny would say. Oh, aye. Get you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what did I, I tried to. I started watching Cropsy, but I fell asleep during it. Um. Because people were recommending that. Have you seen it? Yeah, I watched it a while ago. I think I actually had to watch it twice because I also fell asleep. Oh, there it. we go. So, cool. But I, I liked it. So it's a wee bit annoying at the end. Is it? Is it a shoot or is it a work? Is it real? Uh, it's a hundred percent real. Right. Okay. Cool. Everything is completely and utterly true. Right. Okay. Absolutely everything. Work. I'll stick with it, my friend. I'll stick with it. Yeah, it is worth watching. That's cool. Yes, that's that's very awesome. Um, so uh, this week we're discussing Oculus, um, which is from WWE uh, Studios. Yep. It unfortunately, doesn't feature a WWE superstar. I was uh, I was hoping that uh, Big Papa Pump. Uh, Scott Steiner would turn up midway through it or something. But or The Undertaker. Sadly, or The Undertaker. <laughs> no, I was wanting a more ridiculous star than The Undertaker, to be honest. Um, it's, got, did... it's got wrestling references in it. Does it? Yeah. No, it does. Yes, it does. What, the, what, what wrestling references? Uh, the, the place that the... Mirror is being bought from at the uh-huh. start. Uh-huh. As the the surname is uh, Triple H's actual surname. Oh, Levesque. Yeah, is it? Yeah. And, well, I I would say, hmm, I don't know what his surname is. 
I don't know what Paul Levesque's real name is. Yeah. But, um, well, there we go. That uh-huh. that's the the name of the the, oh, the there estate we go. sale. Very cool. Is there anything else? Uh, I can't remember, but I'll have a look. I'll have a oh, look fair. while we while we play the advert thing. Very cool. And also, quickly, um, I, I sent you uh, uh, WWE superstar Adam Rose uh, and the Oculus Mirror. What did you think of that? <laughs> it was fucking diabolical. It, it, it was terrible. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. It reminded me exactly why I don't really watch wrestling anymore. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. It was very it was pantomime. Awful. Don't be a lemon, be a rosebud. <laughs> God damn. Do you know the uh, a rosebud is... Uh-huh. Oh, don't stop. 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 I don't want to know. It's a, right. it's a colloquial term. Stop. Stop. For, uh... Stop it. If it's anything to do with anything at all uh, that's that's in the least bit wrong, just don't well, see well, it's it. A very, it's a very beautiful... Uh, it's not co- a beautiful colloquial... thing if it's what I think you're going to say. No, it's a very beautiful colloquial term oh, for... Oh, no. For an extreme rectal prolapse. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Oh, man. That is... Oh, my mum listens to this. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I tried to stop you. Well, at least now she knows what she can call it the next time. <laughs> <laughs> that's too far uh, you know I'm only kidding <laughs> but the thing is I couldn't leave that one to go could I alright that, okay. that couldn't you have been could, left you could, there you could, you could have left I it couldn't. away before then see if, but... I, if I'd left that I would have had to have then recorded it all my own later on and added right. it in <laughs> you wouldn't let it lie and then sample you laughing <laughs> Ha 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 Good one, Gil. <laughs> you are handsome and sexy. I am. Thank you. But, yeah, that... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. That thing that you sent me was, was awful. It was oh, awful. It was... And, it, it, and I, I hasten to add that it was the former rather than the latter kind of rosebud. <laughs> um, so... On that, on that note, uh, God, I hate my life. We shall have a short break, um, and then we will be back to discuss. Gil, say the name of the film. Uh, Knights of Badassdom. All right, okay, we're going for that one first. Yeah, that's an off the wall suggestion, but yep. I will go with it. We'll have a short break. We'll be back to discuss Knights of Badassdom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And we'll be back after this. This is Jamie from Devour the Podcast. Do you enjoy horror commentary with straightforward honesty? Oh my god, fuck this movie. Fuck this movie so hard. Oh my goodness, you know. I, halfway through this movie, I was just like, let's get this thing going. Fuck this movie. Okay. <laughs> Humor and an obvious passion for the genre. I like the cut of your jib. The ceiling, Grandma. Don't make me get out the broom. Oh, your tears are like wine. They used to call that the vapors. Cupcakes are kind of the Schindler's list of desserts. It's it's a, a pure good. I love the idea of up-and-coming horror directors taking on the found footage genre. I really, really like that idea. And that's really the worst thing you can commit as far as filmmaking is concerned, is making a film that's just average. Well, that doesn't really inspire any kind of exactly. discussion, whether it's, you know, to rip it apart or, or praise it. Then you should spend time with David and me. And Bo. 
as we discuss horror films from old classics, Deep Red, Empire of the Ants, Lisa and the Devil, The Baby, The Toxic Avengers, to new favorites, Absentia, Cabin in the Woods, The Loved Ones, Shadow of Death, VHS, The Woman. Check us out on iTunes or at devourthepodcast.blogspot.com. Devour the Podcast is a proud member of the Horrorphilia Podcasting Network. Okay, guys, and we're back to discuss Nights of Bad Aston from 2013. Um, it's a horror comedy directed by uh, Joe Lynch, written by Kevin Dreyfus and Matt Wall. And it stars uh, Ryan Quentin as uh, Joe, Steve Zahn as Eric, Summer Glow as Gwen, Peter Dinklage as Hung, uh, Margarita Levia as Beth slash the Succubus, Jimmy Simpson as Ronnie, who I loved, um, <laughs> Brett Gibson as Gunther, uh, Danny Pudi as Lando, uh, oh yeah, Douglas Tate as Abominog, <laughs> and Brian Posehn as Gilberto. So, um, Synopsis, three best friends and dedicated role players take to the woods to reenact a Dungeons and Dragons-like live-action roleplay or LARP. Um, trouble arises when a prop spellbook purchased from the internet ends up being a genuine grimoire and they unwittingly conjure up a bloodlusting succubus from hell. Yep. It's a good synopsis. Yeah, told you. There you go, well done you. Um, Synopsis Hunter Girl. There we go. I, I prefer ones that are barely uh, written by someone who ang- who's ang- <laughs> English is not their first language. That's my preference. Someone what can't make sentence proper. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> Almost proved my own point there. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so film starts off with uh, a bit of a... Uh, a bit of a uh, background to this uh, spell book that they've bought. It's written by uh, an ancient. Um, what was he like? Uh, he was supposed to be like he was trying to communicate with angels. Yeah. So he wrote this book of songs um, that he thought would allow him to communicate with angels, but instead it only allowed him to communicate and summon demons. Um, he was a, so, a minstrel, basically. What was it? John D was the the name. Um, he was like a, a so travelling minstrel, like your, uh, yeah. like your Justin Bieber's. Absolutely, absolutely. So the uh, book was lost, uh, cast out, and then lost, and thought thought destroyed for years and years and years, um, until now, uh, <laughs> and it cuts to. Uh, our heroes in a clearing in the woods um, wearing robes Uh, they're all standing around chanting um, and uh, we we assume that it's some kind of sacrifice or something very creepy that's happening uh, but we soon find out that it's all part of uh, an elaborate role playing uh, game Um, or certainly preparations for role playing uh, and the full the following they're, days they're events. Yep. Sure. Practicing with sure. the new fake knife. Absolutely. Absolutely. So they can go and play um, in the trees with their pals. Yeah. So it's Yeah, and then just as that happens we see that the book is uh 
the book is being... Is the book used? I don't remember at that point. He started to use the book, then the book goes mental. Because they get attacked by the uh, paintball guys. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then the the book goes crazy and flies about a bit and then sticks to a guy's face and there's the words are kind of like tattooed on his face. Right, right, absolutely. So that's the paintball guys who are basically jock-type uh, characters. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's a massive stupid plot hole, that bit at the start. What's the plot hole? Well, the, the plot hole really is, fair enough, mm-hmm. a bit of a spoiler, but the, the spell that they need to destroy the mm-hmm. succubus just happens to be the spell that it has tattooed onto that guy's face. Ah, okay. You know, just kind of apropos of nothing, <laughs> it tattoos oh. the way to destroy it uh-huh. on somebody's face. Yep, okay. Why would you do that? <laughs> there we go. So, yes. Um, yeah, so that's that's basically the setup. Um, we are kind of introduced to our... Uh, our main hero is Joe. Is that right? Ryan Quantum's yep. character. Um, Vinny from Home and Away. Ah, there we go. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, of course. What else was he in? True, oh, True, True Blood. Blood. Of course, of course. Um, he was in something his... else as well. That uh-huh. It was a an American series that I was watching that then got cancelled. I can't remember what it was. Mm. It'll come to me. Do you know... Do you know I was reminded just the other day there, I don't remember what it was, I was listening back to the podcast and it kind of reminded me of a show, um, it was basically, let me describe it, it was kind of like Brookside, but it was kind of a bit like Lost as well, um, so it was basically based around this very small community in the UK, or it seemed like it was in the UK, Um Lots of really quite strange things happening, um, and slowly as the series progressed, maybe only did six or seven episodes, um, it kind of became apparent that things were really quite messed up, that people couldn't leave, and that there was something strange going on uh, with this town. Um, so, yeah, and it was a really good series, and then it got cancelled, but I could not remember the name of it, so if anybody can think... In the name of that show. Who was in uh, it? Can you remember anyone? It was, it, there wasn't any stars or anything, but it was uh, it was just a really kind of strange um, British British show that uh, it had a title similar to Homeland, I think, or like Outland or something. It was something in that kind of mm. vein. But home base. Home base. <laughs> Pou- Being cute. Pound, Poundland. Pound world. <laughs> that would be it. <laughs> oh god pound one pound world as a desolate uh uh desolate environment where um oh i think i found it dangers lurking in every what was it oh my goodness that was quite googling was it home bargains <laughs> shut up you <laughs> i love home bargains i've always got really good discount stuff that loves you that loves you yeah. my friend so there we go there we go Okay. Um, what channel was this thing on? It was a Channel 4 thing, I think. Yeah. Oh, I, it doesn't ring any bells for me, but uh-huh. maybe somebody will know. Absolutely, absolutely. If people, people remember, then that would be, that'd be very good. 
Very good. Yeah. Anyway, um, back to the film. Back to the film. Um, Joe's been so dumped. These, Joe's been dumped. Um, he is a slacker mechanic who uh, plays in a doom metal band. They don't sound very doom metal to me, but uh, that's that's what we're told. Um, and uh, he and his... Uh, he lives in a pretend castle with his accidental millionaire friend, uh, who is Eric. Yep. Um, and I think, I think Peter Dinklage's character, Hung, also lives there, but I'm not 100% sure about that. Mm. Mm. I wasn't too sure if he lived there or he just was always there. Okay, sure. So, yep, so that's set up. And, yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, I was just checking to see if you'd message me because I heard, like, a sound that sounded like that. No. I was just like, oh, okay. So to, to um, get him over being dumped, they get him wasted. Yep. And then he wakes up at the LARP thing in a bad mood. Yeah, and chaos ensues. <laughs> yeah. As well, basically. Uh, the Eric is a sorcerer and the live so the live action role play the setup is that they are uh it's it's a whole range of different people in different different groups um who are enacting a kind of Lord of the Rings style uh, Dungeons and Dragons style battle. Um The Battle of Evermore. A- the Battle of Evermore. Are the two groups, Gail, or is it just the one? Uh, it was. It didn't really make it all that clear, to be honest, because it introduced all these little groups, like these were mm-hmm. individual teams. But then, yep. you had like a leader for. There were two leaders, and then at the end, everybody's like on one side or the other. So I don't know sure. if maybe part of the game was is actually like the kings trying to persuade you who to fight for and stuff like that. Sure. I, I don't know. It just doesn't make it all that clear, to be honest. Uh-huh. I think sure. you won't really learn anything about LARP from watching no. this film, which is a bit of a disappointment because that could have been better. <laughs> yep. Yep. And uh, Jimmy Simpson's character, Ronnie, is the kind of games master. He's the kind of dungeon master in this. Um, so he's basically controlling the story uh, telling the groups what they're encountering and describing that. Um, so again, it's a a bigger version of the, your your standard role playing pen and paper type games. Yeah. Um, and he he's taking that role and he's very amusing in that role. And he keeps singing and pronouncing his wobbles, <laughs> which is amazing. I don't know. It's kind of like he keeps doing like corn things where he'll say "wee." <laughs> you love corns. I do love corn. I keep mentioning them on the show. I don't know. It's uh, your favourite yeah. is that acoustic thing they did. Oh my goodness! You... Yeah, we've already talked about this. What's, what's, what, we we can't just keep saying the same stuff and hoping that people keep coming back. I, I just hate the fact that you've reminded me that it exists. <laughs> there we go. Because I'll end there up we... watching it just to remind myself how fucking terrible it is. Oh my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, I was playing uh, some corn uh, to my friend, my uh, friend cat, and um, my 
girlfriend, perhaps even, um, and try, trying to explain the 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 difference between different metal genres. Uh, so that was good fun. So we had, we had some typo negative on, we had some cradle of filth on, we had some calling on. Um, it was a it was a confusing confusing afternoon. Next week you're going to play some good bands. <laughs> This is the metal genre, miserable as fuck. <laughs> so there we I go. got beaten up in school and now I'm a millionaire. Oh no, my life is terrible. Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, the typo negative were the winner, I think. Uh, the winners, and the because they, they at least knew uh, how ridiculous metal sometimes can be. Yeah, they were black number one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that was the song that I played, so that was... Uh, that was the the one. Good choice. Wally Munster ain't got nothing on you. <laughs> so I think it's a great line. You can't go out because your roots are showing. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So there it is. Um, yes, so Knights of Bad Aston. Uh, his friend Eric is a sorcerer and accidentally summons uh, a demon, a succubus from hell. Yep, as you do. As you do. And she takes the form of Beth, his girlfriend, ex-girlfriend. As you do. As you do, indeed. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so the whole thing is centred around this, this group of uh, LARP warriors taking on um, a real-life demon. And so, what did you think, Gil? Uh, well, I think this was like the second time that I've watched it, I think I enjoyed it more the first time. It was a film that I'd been waiting to see for ages and ages, and it had a nice, promising trailer and everything, but uh, then when the film eventually came out, it had some stuff changed, like uh, the ending been altered and there was there were bits that were reshot and basically the whole thing just got messed about and apparently the the original cut that Joe Lynch put together is far superior. Oh my goodness! Okay. Yep. Okay. So it might so, never come out. Right. Okay. So there are three versions. Uh, two that I know of. Two versions, two versions, and this. How do you know that the that other version is superior? Uh, some people saw it. It was screened in places because if ah. you if you look at the, they started making it in two thousand and ten, uh-huh. and then it just kind of sat about for like right. two years before there was really any more solid news on it. Sure. It just it took forever to come out, which is unusual considering the a lot of the people that are in it, like mm-hmm. Peter Dinklage, particularly mm-hmm. between the time that this was shot and then released, mm-hmm. had become a far more popular oh, actor and sure, huge huge star yeah, as a result of uh... you've got like Summer Glow from just loads of the. Joss Whedon stuff. Sure. And like uh, one of the other guys is in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and stuff like that. So it was, mm-hmm. it was names that people would be interested in watching. And it just, 
had so many problems that it took it like three years to finally be released. And then sure. when it finally is released, it's also been recut. Mm-hmm. From the, I think it was 2011, there was a screening of it. And everybody that was at that loved it. And then people that have now gone and watched how it looks now that it's been released have said, it's crap now. Very interesting. There we go. But I found okay. it quite slow, to be honest. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's it's quite it's it's not a, a long film. No. I mean, it's only eighty five minutes. But uh-huh. it seemed, and you felt it dragged. I did. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it didn't really introduce some of the characters particularly no, well. No, I th- I think it, I think of I mean. Kind of look quite interesting. The characters were almost just left on the the sidelines, and even even kind of some of the major characters were relatively undeveloped. Yeah, um, I really liked, as I said before, I really liked Ronnie. Um, I thought he was fairly well developed, but I think they could have probably done more with him. I think even if he had less characters, yeah. you, I, mean, I mean, you've got a fairly, you've got, a, you do have a fairly kind of concise group. Uh, sorry, not concise group, but a, a, a relatively small group of main, main characters. You've got a main group of four. Um, but then you have so, a, then you have the extra group of four that get brought into it. See if it had just been the one. Do you mean Ro- Ro- Ronnie's team? Yeah, and right, like okay, Gwen sure. and Gunther uh-huh. and that. See if it had just been one team. Then uh-huh. they could have had all the characters in it from the start. And all they sure. would have had to do to change... The to make it work so that because there's a kind of love interest like little romantic subplot running between Joe and Gwen like after the groups have met up oh yeah absolutely but if she'd been in their group already then Uh that wouldn't have hurt that because she could still have just been like the the Uh sympathetic character who has always kind of liked him and but then Uh Again, I, th- I think I think you're right. I think the 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 way that was dealt with and the way that character was introduced really left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, it makes it look I like she's that. pursuing him for no particular reason, and we're supposed to be feeling sorry for him because he's uh, been dumped by somebody that he supposedly loves, and then it just mm-hmm. builds all the way through it to oh well, if the succubus looks like Beth, we can just pretend that Beth is actually meant to be really a bitch uh-huh. and the he'd be better off hanging up with Gwen but mm-hmm. by the end of the film he's basically taken what Beth said on board sure. and actually changed for the better so the girl the, that dumps him dumps him because she thinks that he's not excelling he's not living up mm-hmm. to his full potential and the, sure. the events of the film persuade him that he should live up to his full potential. Yep. Which, okay. which puts him right back at the place where he would then be happy with the person the that he loved and they would accept him because he was he was now the way that they thought he would be a perfect person. Instead, he's now buggered off with Gwen. Sure. <laughs> it just didn't really make much sense. Yeah. I think I think Gwen was almost kind of offensive eye candy. For me, it's just like uh, the character was introduced purely like slow motion walking and like her hair blowing in the wind and all that side of things. And 
for me, it was just, it was very two-dimensional, sorry, very one-dimensional. There was never a whole lot to that character beyond what they, you know, beyond her being an attractive woman who everyone's trying to go off with. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, the Gunther plot was quite good and quite fun, but just, uh, for me, I, I didn't like that. I didn't care for it. As I say, I think I would have been more engaged if she had been part of the original group. She knew him. Um, she was someone who they knew. Um and that's like the things where you could have that building up, yeah. Rather than have, rather than basically being eye candy in a film for for grown up children. Well, it's aimed at grown up children, but do you? But do you think that it really says anything positive about LARP? I mean, no, no, no. I think I think that's I think that's a fair point as well. I think it's, it's very mocking. So it's it's quite condescending on that side of things, it's, man. I don't know, I mean... It's weird how it just doesn't work like that. It's a film that's that's kind of aiming itself at a particular market whilst at the same time saying, hey, check these guys out, aren't they all dicks? Uh-huh. uh-huh. I, I mean, I liked it. I did like it. I'm mm. not going to... I, I'm not going to take anything away from it from that side. I think it's, I think it's good. I think it's... Um, it's messy. It is messy. Don't get me wrong, it's messy and cut. it's... Oh, I mean, it, it, it seems to... I know you said that you felt that it dragged. For me, it just felt like it lacked focus. It, it didn't seem to naturally progress from point A to point B mm-hmm. to point C to point D. Um, that might be how it dragged for me, though. It yeah. could just be the... It, well, it wasn't that it was too slow. It was just it wasn't it wasn't engaging. Maybe, yep. and maybe that's because I'd seen it before. But the first uh-huh. time that I saw it, I did find it a lot more entertaining and I think maybe this time because I knew what was coming up I found myself sitting there and actually kind of watching the film more and then finding it to be a little bit disappointing yeah I found it I found it to be very funny um, and I thought a lot of the characters for example the group of sprites <laughs> yeah. um, I very much enjoyed in the 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 uh, the lesbian threesome type joke I thought was was very amusing and really good fun um so I thought that was really well done and 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 quite quite amusing um there's a, a lot of other little bits I really liked the guy from oh god what was he in you know in the in the garage when uh Joe is singing oh his friend that works with him he's in like yeah, the, was... he's in like the Sarah Silverman show and stuff like that Oh, Gobert. Ah, that's what it was. He was in Sarah Silverman, absolutely. Um, yeah, he's in loads of stuff. You'll see him on like Funny or Die videos and uh-huh. stuff like that. But he was excellent in Sarah Silverman. Um, he's he's one of the, her gay neighbours. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's a gay couple who live next door. And uh, both of them are, are kind of quite butch dudes. Um, and it's... Just really good and really funny, uh, really great characters, and he has a short, a small role on this, um, and I thought he was really good. Yeah, I mean it's it's a film that's enjoyable to watch. I mean, like if you've got a friend around and you want to watch something that's mildly funny, you can you can stick this on because the bits that are really funny 
are engaging enough and then the bits where it's not engaging enough you can just sit and talk to your friend. Sure. <laughs> that's, that's how to watch this film. Fair enough. With somebody that you can talk to during the bits that it's not really doing much. The demon was pretty cool as well, right? The demon was cool, the, the succubus. But then at the end, it looks a bit daft when it goes all CGI and stuff. And apparently okay. it was the CGI that was added. It was originally all just... It was a much bigger fight with the practical effect monster that they used. Mm-hmm. And also there's a character that comes back at the end who we've already seen killed by the demon. That character mm-hmm. doesn't come back in the original cut. So the ending is quite different. I thought that was an excellent ending. I really liked that. You can see that it's been... Uh, it's all just CGI stuff, though. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, you can you can spot it. Like, when he's... He's basically just having a fight and slicing the succubus, and you can you can just see that that wasn't filmed there at all. It's sure. all post production stuff that so that they could change the ending and bring that character back. Probably just because the person had a a bit of a a bigger name. Yep. I don't want to give away who it is or anything, but the film does kill a few of the yeah the group members. Uh yeah, I really like that. Uh, that's that's one thing I liked. Also, I thought the the guy in the chariot was amazing as well. It's <laughs> a guy in a, a wheelchair that's been made to look like a chariot. Um, what was it? Fair? What was it as well? Fair weather friends yeah. as well. There's lots of different group names that are quite amusing. So yeah, very awesome. I I dug it, man. I, I think it's as you say. I think if if the cut is better, as you say. Um, then it'd be good to good to see that at some point, but obviously it's unlikely that these things yeah. these things don't get done overnight. They get done, you know, twenty years down the line when they suddenly decide that that a film's got some merit that they're gonna they're gonna release it, or when it finally escapes from the studio's uh, clutches, yeah, um, and somebody an independent person can put it out. That's generally when these things seem to get the the best treatment. It will um, it will eventually appear. But sure. I, I don't really see it happening soon. Yep. Annoyingly, because okay, I kind of I gave this film, even though I, I've said a lot of negative things about it, I still gave it like three stars on sure. on the Netflix because it is entertaining enough, and you know I've maybe been a bit mean to it, but <laughs> I think I'm mean to this edit just because having read all the stuff about how much better the original one is, it annoys me that a film that they have just left for so long and could have released, they've they've now done a really bad job of releasing a version that actually cost them more because they had to re-edit it. Yep. You know, if they, if they had that little faith in the film, then why spend that extra money? Why not just release it as it is? Because the names would have brought enough people to buying it but mm-hmm. I mean at the moment it's it's box office is only $123,000 mm-hmm. which is absolutely. a tiny amount yeah absolutely how much was how much was the budget uh, I don't know what the budget no. is sadly but I I reckon it was more than 123000 <laughs> yeah you would imagine yeah I'd, I'd say there's probably a couple of million being spent on it sure Okay, um, so guys, we'll have a short break there and then we'll be back to discuss Oculus. Oculus. 
Can I move back after this? Looking for something to fill that deep, horrible, dirty void inside? Then look no further than the podcast Under the Stairs. Join your host, Duncan McLeish, and guests as they dissect horror films old and new. No film is too gory. No film is too scary. No film is too violent for the podcast Under the Stairs. The podcast Under the Stairs can be found at podcastunderthestairs.wordpress.com or on iTunes. The podcast Under the Stairs is a proud member of the League of Extraordinary Podcasts. To avoid fainting, keep repeating to yourself, it's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. Okay. Okay, guys, we're back to discuss the film Oculus. Oculus is from 2013. Uh, It was directed by Mike Flanagan. Um, It's from WWE Studios. Um, And it stars uh, Karen Gillan, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's sister as Kaylee Russell Annalise Basso as 12 year old version of Kaylee Brenton Thwaites as Tim Russell Garrett Ryan as 10 year old version of Tim uh, Rory Cochran as Alan Russell who is their father uh, Katie Sackhoff as Mary Russell who is their mother uh, James Lafferty as Michael Dumont uh, Miguel Sandoval as Dr. Graham and others so um, yep. it was written by sorry Gal, are you eating? <laughs> just finishing a little bit of chicken are you, you just finishing a little bit of chicken? You've got, you sound like you're speaking with your mouth full <laughs> my goodness how would you know what that sounds like? Oh, <laughs> uh, right. I'm finished my chicken. There we go. That's that's good. Was it tasty? It was. It was very tasty. There we go. That's good. I'm, I'm man. I'm pleased to hear that. Pleased I would to hear do that. that every time you're doing the intro for a film from now on. Just be sitting eating some chicken. That's nice. So the film stars Karen Gillan as a young woman who is convinced that an antique mirror is responsible for the death and misfortune that her family has suffered. So the film starts off um, with her brother, Tim, uh, being released from custody uh, for the mother of his parents, or suspected mother of his parents, attempted mother of his sister. Um, After 11 years. After 11 years. um, He's been uh, arrested at that time and uh, been put through a whole range of psychological uh, assessments and training to get him into a position where he no longer believes that the mirror was responsible for these actions and that he is responsible for his own actions and that his mind is playing tricks on him. So on the outside, his sister Kaylee is... um, yeah, she is still very much of the view that the mirror is responsible and she has spent years tracking the movements of this mirror and has finally secured the purchase of it through her auction. Is, is her husband or partner an auctioneer? Her uh, boyfriend is, maybe even fiancé. There we go. Michael. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
and she's learned all about its history. So she's gone and got herself the perfect job <laughs> just in time to catch it because it'll only be in their warehouse for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. So she pretends that it needs a, a repair job from somewhere else that she's going to take the mirror to, but secretly she just takes it back to the house. Oh, wow, so that's pretty impressive timing. Yep, she's sneaky. Why didn't she just, like, buy it? Uh, probably because she can't afford it. She works in a an, an auction house. house. She's not... She's not really, she's really not minted. No, she's right. not minted. There we go. There we go. Okay, fair point. Yeah, because it is an antique mirror and so on. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah, and it sells for a lot of money. Yeah, okay. Okay. It is just a bit of a stretch that she would be an auctioneer, though. Or that she'd be involved in an auction house. Unless... At the, at the exact time. No, but I, I think she's intentionally gone for that job so that she can be involved maybe maybe they explain that maybe they explain all that i don't know well that was how she did her investigating she wouldn't have known that the mirror was going to be there unless she'd got that job so all right that was yeah no that was that was what she said she'd tracked it down through the people that had been bidding on it but hadn't Uh been successful Uh uh-huh okay so yeah she's been using that method to track the mirror for ages so makes a lot of sense that that's where it should work <laughs> sorry very cool no, no you're fine no I, I appreciate your uh, your candor <laughs> and uh, putting me in my place so Gil would you like to about Karen Gillen <laughs> when you go then will you, will you tell us what the story is and you can you can you can complete the your picture for our boys and girls at home well she believes that the mirror has killed all these other people in the past, mm-hmm. like the woman that that died in a bathtub, but she died of dehydration and, uh-huh. and stuff like that. And she believes that if the the mirror is in your house, then it will start to affect you, and it will kill plants. It will make dogs act weird, but then the dogs will also vanish, and then it basically just possesses you and kills you. So she wants to just them to be in that house with the mirror and mm-hmm. and that she will be constant it will be under constant threat of destruction so that she can try and antagonize it into showing that it is actually responsible for all these deaths. Sure. So, yeah, that's the basic story. She persuades okay. her brother to go back to the house where the mirror was and for them to to just observe it to see if mm-hmm. it does kill plants or if anything happens to a dog. But the it's got a timer where mm-hmm. if they don't reset the timer within 30 minutes, then the mirror will be smashed by a giant swinging boat anchor. Sure. Yep. Okay. So yep. So basically, the, the mirror can contort the the idea the the, the 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 idea is that the mirror can contort reality, um, and influence how you perceive reality and, um. How how yeah. did Adam Rose describe it? I don't remember how Adam Rose described it. 
I think it was uh, if you look into the mirror, it shows you your very worst side mm-hmm. or something like that. But I'm not entirely sure that that's what the the mirror in the film actually does. No, obviously the creative team didn't spend time watching the film. No. Why would they? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Despite the fact this was made by WWE uh, Studios, they actually seem to have made money on it, which is a rarity. Um, they made quite a bit of money on it. Yeah, a fair bit of money, so that's pretty impressive, yeah. They, also, they almost made the budget back on the first day of release. That's pretty impressive, my friend. Yep, the budget was $5 million, and it nearly made $5 million on the first day, and it has gone on to make $44 million. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty good. It's good going, my friend, good going. Yep. Um, it's on the Netflix. So yeah, girls, what did you think of this one? I really enjoyed it. Okay. I, I thought it was a a nice take on a kind of ghost story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's got a few bits that are kind of obvious cheesy jump scares, but mm-hmm. then it had some nice psychological elements to it, and I like how the the story unfolds as the story of them being shown alongside the story of them when they're kids mm-hmm. but the the two stories kind of distort over each other as well with like either them seeing the the kid version of themselves mm-hmm. or at one point the the kid version of Tim looks up in his when he's in his bedroom and sees the adult version of Tim and it doesn't tell you whether or not that's something that actually happened or if that's something that the mirror is making Tim imagine. If you know mm-hmm. what I mean, it, it doesn't explain to you. I, I like the idea that it could potentially be certain aspects of them as adults is influencing what happened to them when they were kids. That is quite interesting, yeah, and that, that, that bloodline is there. Yeah, I really enjoyed that in the... Mm-hmm. The the light bulb scene. I thought mm-hmm. there was some some nice. It doesn't just go for really obvious gore effects or mm-hmm. or anything that would potentially cheapen it. Mm-hmm. And I I think the it does invest you enough in the characters of them when they're kids mm-hmm. that you then see the characters of them as adults for all the things that have happened to them in the interim. Mm-hmm. Like, you see how he really is just still that wee boy, but that uh-huh. boy was horribly affected by these events and how she's become a bit more bitter, but is still the same protective big sister. Yeah, I kind of expected a twist with this one, actually. A kind of a bigger twist. I, I expected that... You know that that Karen Gillan was going to, you know, have played more of a kind of, more of an active role in what had happened, and that there was maybe going to be more to it. But quite quickly through it, you discover that's not the case. Mm. Um, I think it's almost worth just telling people that it's not, but because I mean, certainly at the start, that's kind of what it looks like, and that's kind of where they're steering you. Um, yeah, but I, I like the fact that it also uh, it plays on their. They play about with guns quite a bit when they're kids. Uh-huh. And 
it shows you that being something that they're used to doing. And then at the end, when young Tim's actually got a gun, uh-huh. it's almost shown in the same sort of way. Where uh-huh. it's, he's pointing the gun at his father, but he might as well just be pointing the the little toy gun. It's uh-huh. not until his, his father does something that the fact that he's holding an actual gun uh-huh, kind of sure. occurs to him. So I I liked this film quite a bit. I've now watched it, I think, three times. But uh, what did you think of it? <laughs> uh, I didn't really enjoy it, I have to say. Tell, th- tell the boys and girls what you... How you described it to no, me? No, 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 no. This is a this is a family show. As much as you would like to uh, change it into some kind of filth fest, um, <laughs> it's a uh, it's for all ages. Yes, it was. But just... I say that it was. I said it was pash. Yeah, and I used that uh, exact uh, lettering. Um, I'd. I didn't. I didn't dislike it that much. It's just I feel that we've seen we've seen a whole lot of films that that um, are very similar, uh, and I I don't think this adds particularly much uh, to the genre or indeed uh, to my life by seeing it. I just for me, um, I mean, Karen Gillan was very good. Um, the little girl version of uh, Karen Gillan's character was very good. Um, I think, I mean, both the leads, the younger and older versions were great. And the whole thing kind of, you know, is is based on those those four actors um, reacting to things. Mm. And I think they did really well in that. There, there were some really effective sequences, the light bulb sequence being probably the most, the most effective. Um, the... Uh, the sequence where they're arranging the cameras yeah. um, was a, another very effective sequence, um, just showing how they're uh, they were being manipulated by the mirror and and different things like that were really good. the The narrative structure, particularly as you mentioned before, was really good. Uh, the way that it kind of um, shifted seamlessly between uh, uh, once the, the film actually kicks into gear in the last third of the, the movie um, the the way that the narrative uh, basically splits between uh, the, the present day and the events of 11 years ago um, and shows how they're potentially you know intermingling with each other and, and affecting each other um, I thought that was all really good and um, it's two. It really is two films with uh, uh-huh. three solid acts, and it makes a good. It goes at a good clip. Um, the characters are are all solid. It's just I feel that it, it didn't really entertain me all that much. Um, it's it's got a good hook. I mean, the Merle's a good hook, um, and the the certainly the sequences with, with Katie Sackhoff. Uh, were good as well, and I'm kind of saying I liked everything about it, but yeah. um, I ju- I just was left quite cold by it, in spite of liking all those individual little elements. It's something that you can't really put your finger on, and it's the same thing about liking a particular movie or liking something that other people say is terrible. It's just that little thing, that yeah. one little hook that 
that makes you realize that you're going to go back and see this or you're going to you know recommend this film to someone even though it might not be technically particularly good or whatever it's that one little thing that the that kind of it factor that x factor um that's indefinable that makes you love or hate a movie and i feel this this film kind of lacks that Mm. And it's it's quite derivative in a lot of ways as well. There's there's a lot of films that have been in a kind of similar vein to this. And as much as it's quite an original idea, good and twisty and so on. Um, but it is really a ghost story. That's the thing. It's, it's, it is a ghost story. We don't get a lot it's of a ghost, ghost stories story. these days. Sure. And I think that's because they can be seen as being quite tired. Mm-hmm. You know, the, how many times are we going to see... Like the like a Christmas Carol mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It it just seems like once you've you've seen half a dozen ghost stories, you're familiar mm-hmm. enough with all of the elements. Mm-hmm. But I think the reason why this film has been popular is that it does have that. There's just a tiny extra something that they've put in. The I can see why a lot of people have really liked that, but at the same time, I can see why it's it doesn't really appeal mm-hmm. to people because when you take that one thing out of it mm-hmm. all you essentially do have is two very basic ghost stories mm-hmm. so, I think this has been very well received then in terms of the mm-hmm. response to the film yeah it has it's okay. uh, had lots of positive reviews and as I say nobody's right nobody's wrong in the, in the kind of judgement of art and it's a completely subjective thing yeah, um, but for, for for me, it just it didn't do it. I mean, there, there's so many things that you can say is good about this, but um, at the end of the day, it's whether you would go back and see it, whether you would, um, whether you would pay money to go and see it again, or whether you would you would recommend it to a friend. And I wouldn't with this. I don't. Mm. I, I just I don't I don't feel particularly moved by it, and I think that's what I'm looking for in a film. Well, I I would recommend it, but I wouldn't recommend it to everybody. You know what I mean? I think it's it is quite a a slow film, and maybe sure. that's because it's got two. Like it, it really is showing you two different stories, and at least the characters within those two different stories are well enough written that you are getting a full overview of what they're like, but. It just doesn't have that thing that that you're talking about. What is the mm. thing that's missing from Oculus? <laughs> it's a quiz. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Okay, um, so cool. That's That was Oculus, and that's us for this week, I think. That's, um, oh, uh, the the wonderful Anne, uh, your, your dear friend. Yep. Um, <laughs> and... Bunking buddy um, uh, was able to identify the uh, the lead star and the program that I was referring to, and we were then able to to work out what the program was. It was it was Cape Roth uh, was the title of it, and it was released in the US as Meadowlands. Unfortunately, it was cancelled after the first series uh, due to due to low ratings. But, well, I'd, I'd never even heard of it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it and followed it through when it was when it was on. Um, but yeah, good show, worth checking out if you if you get a chance. Um, so very cool. 
So okay. now that quiz from the start of the, the film, sorry, from the start of the episode is no longer needed. Null no. and void. Yep. There we go. I, I feel really sorry for there will be one person that heard your description of it and went, that's Meadowlands. I'll just tell them that's Meadowlands. And then it gets to the end. Oh, we don't need you to tell us. We know it's Meadowlands. Oh, well, if you can tell us that it's Meadowlands, then we'll send you a, a biscuit <laughs> in the post. We'll send you some pizza rolls in the post. Um, Would you risk it? Oh, <laughs> for a biscuit? Yep. Oh. The old ones are the best, girl. <laughs> That's very true. Just look at me. Absolutely, my friend. Absolutely. So, guys, thank you very much indeed for listening. We always appreciate it. Um, as ever, you can find us on iTunes by searching for Gillen Roscoe's Bodacious Horror Podcast, on Facebook, and on Twitter at Bodacious Horror, and at Gil Rokotansky. You surely can. Um, <laughs> what are you staggering about? Just beautifully said yet again. Oh, you do you do it very well. I'm the nuns. <laughs> you did. Um you can also we have a website as www.bodacious www. as you, you you go into it's http uh colon forward slash forward slash where 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 <laughs> dot dot bodacious dot co dot uk do you remember when we started doing the podcast you kept insisting on trying to say bodacious horror podcast at the same time that i was saying it yeah and it was really annoying and i hated it now you miss it i don't miss it <laughs> not in the least what was it that i used to try and say at the same time as you you used to try and say bodacious horror, horror podcast oh, <laughs> help it. i walked right into it right guys thank you very much indeed for listening we always appreciate it if you can leave some itunes feedback it helps other people find us um aside from that uh, we are hoping to have a very special uh christmas edition dropping at 3 p.m on christmas day so keep your itunes uh, switched on um for the gallon roscoe's uh queen's speech or something to that effect yep. um <laughs> so guys thank you very much once again and please don't have nightmares Rosebud
take you to a restaurant that's got glass tables you can watch yourself 